What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Marlboro Show. Today I have Brian Donovan who is a real estate investor uh, and uh, he's the owner of the Lebanon Paper Box. Uh, and today we're going to talk about different um, topics but mainly we're going to be focusing on entrepreneurship, real estate investing and just community development overall. Um, and his story actually on you know where he came from, how did he become the person he's today and Uh, what advice he has for you guys when it comes to um, entrepreneurship, real estate investing, business, and just, uh, you know, life in general. Maybe there's something that you can listen to his story and, and think about. So, Brian, thank you for being on the show. Yep, thank you for having me, Omar. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about your story, uh, anything that you want to share with people so they know who you are, where you come from? Yeah, I guess maybe just to get started a little bit. Um, I, I grew up in a small town uh, in rural Pennsylvania. I'm not a Lebanon native, uh, so this is a, a new area for me. Yeah. Um, I did go to uh, like a, a Catholic school growing up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. uh, and then at West Perry High School through the high school career. Post uh, post high school, I was going to I went to Hack uh, for a couple of years nice. to pick up uh, some some credits that I did eventually transferred to Duquesne University for my undergraduate. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, that's kind of where I got started. Uh, In, in the interim, while I was going to college, uh, I was working for a, a local uh, retail company, and I was basically stocking shelves, running a cash register, and things like that. Uh, I was able to um, find an opportunity for an internship at the corporate headquarters, and uh, that's that's really where I got started with what I would say my career was um, at at that time. Uh, after that, like during the internship, I had decided that. I didn't really want to go back to the stores again. Uh, I wanted to be able to stay uh, within the office space, and, and I thought there was a lot of opportunity there for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I was really ambitious and looking for, for nice. ways to get, get to stay. Uh, I was able to become an administrative assistant then for uh, retail strategies and pricing department at the time, uh, which allowed me to, to deploy some of the analytical things, some analytical capabilities, uh, be able to uh, do some software development and create some process efficiency within the organization. Nice. So as I started doing that, um, they started to create new roles with me throughout the organization, mm. and I started to build a team. So I've, I think that's really where I saw my entrepreneurial capability come to life. Um, it, had already, it had kind of always existed, though. Um, when I started to look back um, after I had started to make some progress and, and was gaining some traction and success in my career, I realized that even growing up as a kid, um, I was always in, in tune with Um, business and just looking for opportunities. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, when I was was younger, my parents would buy candy for me in bulk, and I would actually sell it on the school bus. Nice. Yeah. I <laughs> so, like that. <laughs> so, and, then, and then you know, and then it was one of those things that morphed into you know, lanyard, lanyard things, and, and, yeah. and little beaded jewelry and stuff like that. That you know, I, I would make these things and sell it. So it was always kind of always, always a merchant. Um, nice. And it wasn't even think, something I was consciously doing. Um, it was just sort of something that just felt natural. It happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of where, where I started to see that that was who I am. That, that was in my DNA. Um, both of my parents, you know, worked hard. We grew up in a middle, uh, middle class, uh, middle class home. Um, neither of them were entrepreneurs. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly where it came from. <laughs> but, but, it, uh, but, you know, it sort of turned into what it is now. Yeah. Um, so where I got involved with... Uh, With real estate was probably about four years ago. Uh, I, I decided that I wanted to try uh, flipping some houses, and that's that's really where I got my start. 
uh, flipped a couple of houses and then decided that flipping wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do yeah. on a regular basis. It was very time consuming. And again, I was still working full time. Uh, so I was depending on, you know, general contractors and subs to, to yeah. do the work. And yeah. it was hard to be able to manage those projects while working all the time. So, yeah. So, uh, huh. yeah. So, so I basically uh, decided I wanted to do something where I could do a buy and hold. I still wanted to invest in real estate. I was really interested in, in the industry. And that's where I started to buy uh, long-term pro- like properties. Yeah. Uh, the first one was an eight-unit apartment building that had three commercial spaces in the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... After I had that for a while, things were very successful. I really wanted to scale things. Nice. And that's kind of how we ended up where we are now. Nice. So I, I really like what uh, you were sharing about, you know, you, you just growing up and, like, having these traits about your personality that, you know, seemed, like, just unconscious to you. Like, you didn't think, oh, like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, you just mm-hmm. did this stuff and, and your parents saw it and, like, just people around you saw your abilities. Now, you know... What advice can you give people who, like, are working, you know, for a corporation or a business, and but they have that entrepreneurial, like, spirit in them mm-hmm. to just do more and create? Like, what, what do you, you know, can you tell them? Like, even though they're working and, you know, working for somebody else and may, there may be limits mm-hmm. to their creativity, uh, what can you say to them when it comes to that? I would say, I mean, I think, I think one of the biggest traits that anybody could have or, or something, something you could teach yourself is work ethic, right? Mm. And, and hustle. I mean, it, you know, nice. that's, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you work full time, but you have to be willing then to come home and, and put those extra hours in a night. You, know, yeah. you have to be willing to spend your weekends doing that extra little work that, you know, you might have to make some sacrifices and, and it's a balance, right? So uh, it's not always easy. You know, you're going to be doing things that other people aren't, you know, they might be enjoying themselves and you're, and you're hustling, doing your little, you know, side thing, whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about. Um, so even though my parents weren't entrepreneurial, uh, I always looked up to them because they worked so hard. Mm. Um, and and they, they provided for us the best they could with the, with the means that they had. Mm. And I think that's really where you know, the work ethic came from and the drive um, to be able to do something and, mm-hmm. to, and to make something. Um, so I would say, you know, one of the other things that, that may happen to some folks that have been in a career for a long time is they might feel like, you know, they're no longer passionate about it. It's not exciting mm. anymore. Um, and, I, and I ran into that through different iterations of, of my career as well. Mm. And, and the nice thing about having something else going on is you can sort of think about it of, I'm doing this on a daily basis. That may not be what I want to be doing the rest of my life, but it's for something else that I'm, that I'm working on. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so there are many different examples uh, throughout my career where I've talked to several people about things like this, where we've gone through major reorganizations and restructuring. And people's futures were uncertain, um, mm-hmm. so it was nice to be able to talk to them a little bit and, and understand, you know, if you weren't doing this, what would you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. And it's really being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do you, how do you transition then and make that, yeah. make, that, make that passion a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it's, and it takes time. You know, it doesn't it happen does. overnight. You know, it's interesting. You'll see somebody that's very successful. Uh, generally... You know, they've been working on things behind the scenes for years, and you have no idea what they've been putting themselves through, uh, how hard they've been working. Yeah. It just seems like all of a sudden, like, somebody's on top, and they're doing really well, and they're doing they, what they like to do. How did that happen? Yeah, how did that happen, right? <laughs> and uh, so, so just know that nothing, nothing comes easy. You know, there's yeah. going to be hard times, and uh, it just takes a lot of work and hustle. Yeah. I think one of the terms that I really like, it's reverse engineering. So, like, mm-hmm. look at somebody's life and just go back in time and see where they started, how they started, and then 
see the progression forward to how they got to that point because like a lot of people don't even know how to start you know and so like they want to start their own business or they want to start this project or idea but they don't even know like what's the beginning point you know like you know for me for example i'm interested in real estate you know and, and i've been doing research on the topic for like a while now and i've read books and i've you know articles and all of this stuff but like at the end of the day you know it's not all the information you have if you don't put it in practice like it doesn't matter and you're gonna make mistakes no matter what mm-hmm. i mean you know for a fact from your own own experiences um you know what works what doesn't just i'm pretty sure you're still learning mm-hmm. so um I want to ask you on the real estate side of things, like, you know, what what can you tell people who want to get into real estate? You know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to start. You know, in your own experience, how do you approach that and, and what do you think they should do if they want to get involved with real estate? Yeah, I think I think you're you're exactly right. What the steps that you've already taken are the steps I would recommend to do first, right? Do do a lot of research. You know, get educated on the terms mm. um, and, and really understanding the fundamentals of real estate, mm. you know, where the, you know, how the economics of it all kind of come together and how it all works. Uh, that's, that's really important to understand. Just the terminology alone is very important. Mm. I'd say some really good resources that I, that I had, um, just getting started, Bigger Pockets, the podcast. Okay, that cool. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people know about that. Yeah. And, and, they, and they have a lot of different strategies. And, and they, nice. they've actually, throughout their podcast, you sort of see them migrate from, from different strategies to others. Mm. They go from like a, a burst strategy where you, you buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, you know? So, mm. so that's kind of their strategy that they, they preach for a while. And that's, that's great. You can build up a really large portfolio with single family homes, maybe, you know, duplexes going uh-huh. through that, pro- that process. Um, but eventually, you know, what I found is that that wasn't a strategy that's one that I wanted to use yeah, for sure. uh, because I wanted to go with larger properties um, where I have multi-units in one property because if you don't have a tenant in a single family home, you're, you're, you're already losing, right? So, but if you have an eight unit and you don't have a tenant in one of the apartments and they're, you know, you're in the process of getting that rented out again, you still have revenue from the other apartments to, to pay for the building and for sure. um, you know, pay whatever mortgage loans, insurance, and things that you have uh, and expenses that you have with holding that property. Um, so that's, that's the strategy I, I really lean towards or like the larger mm-hmm. ones, um, mm-hmm. the ones that are at scale, uh, not so much single family, but uh, I think... You know, the other thing they started to get into now or talking about are manufactured mm-hmm. housing communities. Mm. Uh, they're really talking about those in their podcasts and things. I haven't, yeah. I haven't listened to them as of late, but it was just interesting to see, yeah. you know, even even them, you know, that were kind of real estate experts, people that I look to, to as mm-hmm. mentors and, and sort of learning the process, seeing how they've evolved and they've grown mm-hmm. and they've learned um, throughout their, their journey as yeah. real estate investors as well. That's awesome. And yeah. now, obviously, real estate is a business and... and you know, in itself, it's something that you have to be creative, you have to think differently, you have to execute. Um, what do you think is one topic or one thing that people don't really talk about when it comes to business overall? Like, what is the one topic that you feel like you wish people talked more about that is like the unspoken, you know, reality in business? That you feel like, man, I wish people said something more. Like, I wish when I started, like, I had known about this, you know. Well, I would say, I think one of the things that, especially when you're starting off on your own, uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit whenever you're talking about starting your own business and getting in- interested in real estate. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that, you know, I think we, we end up putting creating barriers that are unnecessary. You know, I don't know if it's out of fear or whatever it is, but I would say that 
things aren't as hard as we make it seem. You know, you can actually, like you said, as far as creativity is concerned, I mean, I, I'm a victim of this for myself. I do this <laughs> myself all the time. You know, I'm like, I think about it of, has this been done before? And, and unfortunately, that's also a barrier because it doesn't necessarily have to have been done before. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm trying to, that's one thing I'm working on now throughout, you know, my current situation is how do I, how do I get out of looking at things of, you know, outside of the mold. Mm. You, know, you know, I came up through a, a corporate um, organization for 18 years. There's, there's, it's very structured. And yeah. Now I need to get out of that structure, start to think of it as a, at a, at a very entrepreneurial uh, perspective and through a different lens now. Yeah. Um, now that I'm, now that I'm not in that role anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm working on. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think the biggest secret is just, just do it. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, true, be, don't yeah. be, don't be scared. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there uh, that are willing to help. So they're, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, if you talk to a successful business person, they're more than happy to share their experiences with yeah. you. You know, nobody, nobody's there trying to keep everybody else out. Yeah. You know, they're more than welcome. You know, if you're truly passionate and, and you truly have done your research yeah. and, and, you, and you seem promising in terms of like what you're talking about and what you want to do, mm-hmm. somebody's going to help you. Mm-hmm. you know? I love that. Did you... Did you have a mentor coming up, like even in your career uh, when, you, when you were at the corporate side of things? And like even now, do you have somebody that every now and then you go to, to them and seek advice or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, And people come and go in your life all the time. You, For you sure. Know, you know, whether it's friends whenever you're growing up or whether it's mm-hmm. business uh, business mentors that you've had throughout, throughout your career. And I, I did have that. So there's always somebody, you know, in business and in life. There's, you know, whoever. There's always somebody that's your support. There's somebody you can always go to, somebody you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. So, yeah, I absolutely had mentors um, in the corporate side of things. And even today, you know, depending on what the, the challenge is, you know, there's certain people that you can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sort of build that network, and, and those folks are more than happy to sit down with you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's nothing more than just listening to you. Mm-hmm. And, and you end up talking through your own problem. And mm-hmm. you're just really looking for validation just to make sure, am I, am I, <laughs> am I really, like, is, you know, just, I just to get a yeah. reaction. You know? yeah, does, yeah. Does, this, does this make sense? Like, you know, like, so, or am I completely, completely That's off? funny. That's yeah. funny. I like that. And it's yeah. true, though. It's true. It has happened to me when I, like, I go to people and, like, basically doing that. Like, hey, can you tell me, like, am I doing right? Like, this yeah. is good. And sometimes, like, what I like is when you have a mentor who's, like, honest to you mm-hmm. and, like, tell you stuff straightforward and like mm-hmm. tells you, you you know look I, I like the the intention behind this but at the end of the day yeah. it's not gonna work you know and you're like oh man but I've been working so hard for mm-hmm. this and like it's okay you know and, and one of the things that um I there's a I don't know if you know Gary V yeah okay so yep. he says a lot like you know if you fail at one business like nobody cares <laughs> you just keep moving like yeah. don't stop you know because you're learning mm-hmm. and if you don't put yourself in the motions of learning and like practice and just keep moving forward like um you know you're not gonna know like i tell people so like i have a clothing brand right mm-hmm. and and i went into it not knowing anything about clothing mm-hmm. i don't even like to buy clothing myself <laughs> like uh or like spending money on that type of stuff and so Uh, but when I went into it, the process of learning what he taught me about business, not just in the mm-hmm. like clothing itself or like selling stuff, but like marketing, mm-hmm. you know, accounting, like all of the other, the other side of business, because you hear business and like, it's such a broad term, mm-hmm. but there's so many aspects of it. Like, I'm pretty sure 
you know, you may be doing really good at selling real estate, but, you know, how's your marketing doing, you know, or uh, all of this stuff that go into play when it comes to actual business practices mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and that you don't learn, at like, you can go to college for it, but, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to learn yeah. like that. Um, so, now I want to move in now into, uh, you know, your project, uh, the Lebanon Paper Box, mm -hmm. you know, what is that about, how did that be begin, like, why, you know, why mm -hmm. you went into that? Yeah, so the, the whole idea, um, well, I guess the, the whole purchase around the, the building uh, was that I wanted to do something to scale. You know, I'd already done some flipping of houses, I had an apartment building, and I have a bunch of single, a couple single family homes. Even though I don't like the strategy, I still have some anyway. Um, yeah, for you sure. Know, to, to get started. <laughs> they, they sort of happen to, to fall into your, to your lap sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, so essentially, I wanted to do something that was, that was large, um, something that could really make an impact. Um, and I, I found this, uh, you know, the boxy, you know, the, as a lot of people know it around here, mm -hmm. uh, the boxy available um, for sale. And as I started to look at the economics around it and everything, I, I really thought, you know, this is a really, really solid opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I started to look into it and, and started talking with the, uh, the, the broker and, the, and the, own, the former owner of the building. Mm -hmm. and, and I really got to understand that, you know, the, the former owner, um, he's been a really great advocate. You know, it's, mm -hmm. really, it's really awesome that, um, you know, you're able to buy a piece of real estate and the person that you're buying it from has still like actually been a mentor, you know, nice. to me in, nice. in a way. I mean, nice. it wasn't, it was a really warm handoff. It was one of those things where he knew where, you know, the opportunities were and things to look nice. out for, things that he had struggled with whenever he had taken ownership of the building yeah. the first time. And he didn't want me to fall into those same traps. Nice. So he was, uh, he was always available uh, to ask, to answer questions. And he still is. I mean, even to this day, yeah. uh, if I were to call him up and say I'm struggling with something, he's, he comes and helps. Nice. You know, so that goes along the lines of, you know, when you really meet uh, true business folks, you know, mm. people, people do have a genuine interest in seeing other people succeed. Mm -hmm. And he even tells me that over and over again. He's had folks in his life that has helped him to excel to where he's at. And he wants to pay it forward. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of that goodwill. Um, so, so don't be afraid to ask questions. You know? That's and, good. And, uh, That's good. So, so essentially, uh, you know, I purchased the building. Uh, the first year was a lot of stabilization. Like I said, it was, it was a, it's, a, it's a monster building. I don't, you know, for those that don't know the paper box, it's about 220,000 square feet. It was, it was built <laughs> in the early 1900s. Yeah. And there are multiple iterations of construction throughout the years. Um, and it's kind of interesting when you're walking through the building, you can see, you know, where... It, when it was originally built, you know, it's wood frame, wood timbers, and everything's, everything's made out of wood. Mm. And then as you make your, as you progress uh, further into the building towards Willow Street, away from Cumberland Street, uh, you get the concrete columns and steel, you know, mm -hmm. you know steel support beams and things like that. So, <laughs> so it's just amazing to see the iteration of construction yeah. throughout the years. Um, and, it's, and to see some of the old photos, too, of when it was a, a paper box factory, you know, there's horse and buggies pulling out of the... You know, there's a photo of a horse and buggy pulling out of one of the garage things, you know, and, <laughs> wow. and, and Cumberland Street was a dirt road. Wow. You know? So it's, it's, really, it's really neat to see the history that's, wow. that's really in the yeah. building as well. Um, but, but essentially, it was like I wanted to do something to scale. I wanted to do something large. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know? So when I bought the building, I bought Boxy Storage along with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a storage company. So the building is sustainable. It does really well the way it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like there's something that's missing and, and a better way I could serve the community mm -hmm. you know, with that space. Um, so that's really kind of where I'm at now with that, that entire vision, trying yeah. to figure out how to execute that. Now, I, I, something that we were talking about earlier before we started the podcast that caught, you know, caught my attention is you know, your desire to find a way to bring the community together. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really cool because like, 
you know, even though you're not even from the area, like, you want that to happen, you know what I mean? And so when it comes to that, like, what has been your experience with, like, seeing people, you know, with the market going on, like, how does, how did that idea even came up? Like, did you talk to somebody or did somebody, like, or you just had that idea? Yeah, yeah sort of, you know, something that sort of came up and, and just, you know, the original market was, was just a th an idea that I was exploring. I, I ran two markets over the summer. And it was just uh, in, in the one courtyard off of Cumberland Street. We had about 25 different artisans, uh, a nice. couple of different food vendors. You know, it was just sort of something I wanted to see. I felt like I had worked at the building for about a year. You know, it was very lonely, desolate. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, a space where, you know, there wasn't any activity. And it, mm. was, it was very, uh, very cold mm -hmm. and unwelcoming. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to, like, actually have something that people would come to? Um, and be able to like walk around and explore the grounds, and that's that's the whole idea of the market. Uh, it was really just to open the open up the the building and, and let folks know that you know the building is not uh, in disrepair. You know, mm. it's, it's it's very uh, it's cared for. You know, somebody owns it and yeah. uh, it's operational. And and I, I'd really like to see how it can and can encourage community involvement with that. Um, one of the other cool things about the market, whenever I had hosted it, is that. There were a number of people that used to work in the, in, the, in the building when it was a paper box factory. And just to see them come through the market and nice. talk about their stories. Of, nice. That's you know, how awesome. They, how they used to work there together. They, they fell in love, you know, wow. <laughs> working, working at the building. Or even even children who remember their parents working wow. there. And they used to visit them over lunch break or after school. And so, cool. and so it's really neat to hear those things and hear those yeah. experiences. Um, so that was really the whole idea around the market. I, I know that there's a lot of interest. It's, it's definitely... Uh, a property that that is very visible you know it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a landmark and i know there's a lot of curiosity around it so i wanted to see and explore you know how how folks interacted with that and, mm -hmm. and, and got involved yeah. was it hard to like set that up like make that happen like yeah. the whole process of it is i mean it's another one of those things where it's not proven it's never been done mm -hmm. you know so when when i first started to approach uh talking about doing this with the city i mean a lot of things came up it's you know, what about traffic patterns, ingress, egress, parking, you know, I mean, I mean, we don't wow, know, like, yeah. I, th I think it was like planning for the worst, <laughs> like maybe we end up having a traffic jam and shutting down, kind of the street, <laughs> which, which I mean, would be, would not be good for the city, yeah, for sure. works because it'd be, you know, there'd be a lot of complaints and yeah, problems sure. around that, but, but I think that's, that's kind of a good problem to have, you know, yeah. I really want to see, uh, I really want to see the community come together and things really grow and take off in the area and it become a staple uh, within the Western you know, part of the city. So. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, can, can we do like a, a tour eventually when it's not as cold? Yeah. I, want, I really want to see the building because I saw the pictures on like online and I'm like, mm -hmm. I fell in love with it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks so nice and like, um, it, it looks like there, there's so much history in it and yeah. you just want to be there and like see it. Like, honestly, I, I really want to be able to like just walk around it, like just hear, you know, the history uh, behind it and even like, you know, eventually, if there's still people who, like, you know, um, are alive from who that used to work there, like, sit down and just, like, do, like, you know, like, interviews to them and, like, listen to their stories and, like, you know, what uh, what was it to be there and stuff like that. So, that would be really nice. So, what are your projections for the next couple of years when it comes to, like, business and, like, what you want to do uh, in your own life? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, uh, specifically to the Lebanon Paper Box, um, I'm just thinking about you know, what the vision of that whole mm -hmm. uh, area looks like. I mean, right now it's really a, a focal point of mine is, is trying to figure out how to, 
you know, start the momentum of, of seeing some things happen yeah. um, with, with the building itself. So uh, there, are, there are a couple of plans in, in the works right now to, to do a few things, um, mm -hmm. which require, you know, build out uh, mm -hmm. to be able to do the change of uh, change of use for occupancy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's all happening. But essentially, it would be great to see, like, what I envision with the building long term is it really becomes kind of like a hub uh, for, like, many different collaborative businesses, nice. right? complementary businesses that can kind of either work off of one another or, uh, you know, it's, it's just that, that, you know, it's a one-stop shop for everybody, you know, within the community uh, mm -hmm. to kind of live where you work type of thing. Maybe there's yeah. there's there's innovative companies that, that are doing something, whether it's a tech company or cool. some sort of small manufacturing or artisans. I mean, it's really open to the creativity and the needs of what the people around the area are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one of the things that... From going back to the market, mm -hmm. um, I, I've observed is I'm not seeing a lot of participation yet from the immediate community. Mm -hmm. You know, I see a lot of people coming in from like Anvil, Cleona, and the other outlying areas with within, within Lebanon County, but yeah. I'm not seeing the actual folks stepping out their back door, coming off their front porches yeah. to come out and see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the areas I really need to start, you know, if I start thinking about, yeah. you know, next steps and, and down the line, how do I get yeah. that engagement? Because in order for this to be successful, for sure, I feel like it needs the support of everybody. For sure, for sure. I want Something that came up to me while you were talking uh, that I want to know is how do you approach, like, strategy and, like, vision and, like, you know, like, you have this building and you have a vision for it. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, write it down? Do you talk to people about it? Like, how do you go about that, you know? Yeah, it's a living, breathing thing. You know, the paper box, you know, Lebanon paper box and the paper box is really a, is a concept. You know, it's just, it's a building, but it's also more than that. It's sort of living and breathing in, in my mm. mind. Um, sure, there's things that I, that I have ideas for that are kind of... Uh, you know, specific to like, like tangible opportunities that, that I might start to start to solidify. Uh, but then there's other things that's kind of like a concept. It's an idea. And I'll talk, I'll, I will talk to people, you know, I'll socialize. I'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm considering this and I'll get their input. You know, I'll understand, mm. uh, maybe from a creative space. Uh, one of the things I was talking to somebody two weeks ago was about a photography studio You know, just understanding the economics and the, and the business plan around how that works. Nice. You know, that, that helps me understand. Because I'm, I don't know much about photography. For but, sure. But, like, if I wanted to build out a space that's useful for them. Yeah. And it becomes, like, a win-win and sustainable, you know, uh, for the building itself. You know, I need to figure out a way to execute that. And, nice. and get other people involved. Nice, nice. So, um, where can people find the Lebanon Paper Box? Uh, like, so we, the website, you know, how do they find that? Yeah, so uh, we are very active on Facebook, so it's obviously facebook.com slash Paperbox. Uh, that's one way of getting there. We also have lebanonpaperbox.com. Um, and then uh, if you want to email info uh -huh. at lebanonpaperbox.com, uh, feel free to reach out. If you have any ideas, any thoughts, uh, just want to get together and brainstorm uh -huh. uh, what, what maybe you feel like would work well within the community and things like that, that would be... Yeah, more than welcome. Um, mm -hmm. I, I certainly like to hear uh, what other folks' thoughts are, you know, for mm -hmm. the building as well, because it's a community effort. You know, it's it's too big for just one, you know, one person. And, yeah, for sure. And uh, I think if anybody comes in and feels and redevelops the entire building, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a right 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 fit. You know, it's yeah. it's really going to be something that takes time uh, and needs to grow with the community, and everybody needs to come up together. Yeah. Okay, and man, I keep getting questions in <laughs> yeah. my head, like it's so exciting, but <laughs> one of them is uh, patience, mm -hmm. you know, this, this, you have to be patient to see this happen, and mm -hmm. 
you know, for do you get like anxious sometimes? Like, yeah, I want to see stuff happening. How do you, <laughs> you know, does that happen to you? It, it can. I mean, but there's a lot of projects, like a lot of different projects I have going on. Yeah. Uh, so the nice thing about it is, is like this might be something that right now is a full court press. There's a lot of activity, things I really need to be focusing on. You know, the Winter Wonderland market's taking up a lot of time. Uh, planning for some of the building plans and things like that that I'm working on in the, in the near future. That's taking quite a bit of effort. Uh, but eventually that'll calm down, right? I mean, it'll be a little bit of a law, maybe to your point. There's might not be something that can be done, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's when, you know, you start to look at other opportunities or start to focus on other projects that you might have. So, gotcha. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. But this is going to be a long, it's a long-term effort. I mean, it's going to be something that will evolve over the years. And, and there's several, you know, communities where we've seen things like this happen. I mean, if you look at Lancaster, you know, and, and where they have been 10 years ago to where they are now. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not something that happens overnight. Again, no. it's, it's sort of like what we talked about when you see somebody, uh, you look at Lancaster now, you're like, wow, it's a successful city. That's a successful mm -hmm. community. Things are really coming together there. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't happen overnight. Just like, you know, we see entrepreneurs and stuff like that that are doing really well and, and we look up to and feel like they're successful. The same thing holds true for, for a community. Mm -hmm. it's a, it takes time to really see that evolution. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you could go back in time and give yourself a, like one piece of advice, you have one minute to just talk to yourself, mm -hmm. what would you say to you? I would say honestly that, uh, you know, don't be afraid to just go for what, go for whatever it is that you're passionate about. You know, you only live once and that's one of the things that, that as you know, you start to mature in life a little bit more uh, and, and you get gain more experience, you start to look back and realize There's so many things I didn't do mm. because I was afraid of what other people would think mm. or I was afraid of like failure or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. those things are, those barriers, again, going back to those barriers and they're self-inflicted. You know, I would tell myself, you know, just bulldoze right through that, you know, you know, knock down that wall and just keep moving forward and, and be the best person you can be and uh, do it now, don't wait. Yeah, it's interesting how we create our own obstacles in our head mm -hmm. and then realities there's no obstacles, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, there are, but like you, a lot of them are made up by, you know, by your own mind and, and those who, that are real, there's always a solution to them and you just have to be courageous and you step up and just do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. um, Brian, thank you so much for uh, being part of this. I really appreciate your time. Um, so yeah, guys, you heard it. You can find the Lebanon paper box on Facebook. Um, please go ahead uh, and like their Facebook page, go to their website, see the pictures, see what's going on. And if you have an idea, reach out to them and just say, hey, you know, I think this could happen here. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much and we'll see you until next time. Peace.